does. Amen. Let's pray and then we'll hear Michelle. Amen. Father, all these things we lift to you today, much healing. But, Lord God, we know that day in the midst of your move that there was much grace given. And we ask you for much grace in this congregation and in the body of Christ. We thank you for those that are with us today. And I notice that many that are not here, bless them and, and draw them to you, O oh God. And pray that you even now would place the spirit of worship in their hearts, that they may worship you where they are, that they may be aware of your presence. And so, dear God, whatever the need may be, we know Jesus is the answer. And we ask you today just to touch and restore and renew, heal and strengthen, oh God. We need direction in our lives, dear Lord. We're uh, obviously sheep, but the Lord is our shepherd, and we shall not want. And we pray today, dear God, that you would bless this congregation as you have continued to move in powerful ways as we pray for all the ministry, the food pantry, and all the ministries that are certainly represented here today people that, Lord, in this congregation who are ministers unto the Lord, but also ministers unto us and to their families and friends. We pray that today, that you would, Lord, continue to pour your spirit out here at Lighthouse Fellowship, to release the spirit of the Lord in this place in a much more powerful way than you ever have before for Jesus' sake. And dear God, today that you would direct us right into the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. We thank you, Lord, today for what you're doing. Again, we exalt you. And we praise you. You are worthy of our praise. And dear Lord, today we will praise you because we've, called, we've been called to give thanks and to praise your holy name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Michelle, come and bless us. the people to see Jesus and me. I want the people to see Jesus and me. I want to be all God wants me to be. I want the people to see Jesus and me. When I come home on Monday, when I go church on Sunday, I'm P- Come home at the end of the day. I want to lift up Jesus' name. I want to be all be the same. A faithful servant want Jesus to say. I want the people to see Jesus and me. I want the people to see Jesus and me. I want to be all God wants me to be. I want the people to see Jesus in me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Michelle. We appreciate that so much. Turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. When the people cry out for a king. We'll look at verses 1 through 22. And the title is, When the people cry out for a king. In verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 8. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as judges for Israel. 
The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah, and they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. And so all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, you're old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt and until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. So they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will do. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. And he said, This is what the king who will reign over you will do. He'll take your sons and make them serve with chariots and horses. They will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of filthies and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain of all your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants your men servants and maidservants, and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks, and you yourselves will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, and the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. And then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel heard all that the people said, he repeated it before the Lord. The Lord answered, listen to them and give them a king. And then Samuel said to the men of Israel, everyone go back to his town. When the people cry out for a king, a stretch limo full of politicians were taking a back route down a two-lane country road late one night. And the limo ran into a bad storm and slid off the wet pavement at high speed. It flipped over a few times and finally crashed into a tractor in the middle of a field. The owner of the farm heard the noise and went out to see what had happened. After checking out the scene, he used his tractor to bury the passengers. And the next afternoon, the county deputy was passing by and saw the wrecked limo which had been reported as missing, and he asked the farmer what had happened, and the farmer let him know that he'd buried all of the politicians. And the deputy asked, were you certain that they were all dead? Well, said the farmer, a few of them claimed they weren't, but you know politicians, you can't believe a word that they say. (laughs) You know, it's been said that to keep your friends... You don't talk about uh, politics or religion, but I'm going to talk about them today. And I hope after we talk about it this morning, 
is that y'all will remain my friends. Now, I'm going to straddle a line here because I'm not talking about those with an R behind their name or a D behind their name or an I behind their name. But I want to talk about something I think is so important. We're in the season of election, and I hope you all voted this past, well, this past week or before in early voting. But in November, we have the opportunity to, to elect a lot of people into governmental offices, including the highest uh, person here in this country, the President of the United States. And I believe the Bible is real clear and relevant to us and we making decisions today about what type of person that we want in that position that obviously we know is so important. And I'm not promoting or endorsing a particular person here, but I believe that we are to look at the Word of God because I believe the Word of God will give us the answers that we certainly need. And we see here today, we have a right to vote in this country today for our leaders on a local, state, and national level. And one of the founding principles of this great nation is the freedom of religion, and another is the right to vote. And during, uh, obviously, this season, the candidates are more religious now, and a lot of them will just come in and attend church, although they're not churchgoers, and they maybe have never darkened the church's doors in the last few years. But at this particular time is they'll come into church and so forth. Now, I'm not, obviously, at all judging people. I'm just saying what I've observed over the years here. But I want to tell you today, I'm sick and tired of politicians who profess to be Christians when it's politically expedient and then govern like the devil when they're elected. When they say something and then they get in office and they do something completely different than what they said they were going to do. You know, we would love to have a president and other people in office that have character and integrity and honesty, ability and experience. Unfortunately, as we look at the current political landscape, it seems that finding Bigfoot or Jimmy Hoffa would be easier to, to do when we look at people today. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about everybody. Obviously, we're all uh, we're sinners saved by grace. We sin. We have flaws. But we also look today at these two these things that I'm talking about as far as character and integrity. And certainly, maybe the culture today doesn't talk about character and integrity. In years past, we would always talk about that character and integrity. Well, those are words and those are meanings and those are foundational things that people should have in their lives that we are searching for today and looking in people's lives that make decisions that will affect our lives, this nation called the United States of America, and certainly today, even possibly the church. We know that we've had and we've been confronted with particular situations that, that challenged our, our freedom to worship like this. And, and we've had politicians that are saying that they're going to do this and that to somehow to impugn the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see these things happening today. So our freedoms are being challenged today. And I believe today if we somehow do not stand up for that freedom of religion, to believe as you desire to believe, and whatever that may mean, but to have that freedom today, I believe it's foundational for this country and all of the rest of the freedoms that are exhibited here that we enjoy each and every day. Obviously, there are certain things that we desire. We want this person to have the character here. But I want to tell you today, 
And I want to make it very plain. Don't put your hope in a specific party or candidate. Never forget, no matter who is elected as a Christian, we're children of the King. Never forget that God Almighty is still on His throne. Never forget that no matter who is elected and put into office today, that we're headed to heaven as we're born again by the Spirit of the Lord and putting our trust in Jesus Christ today. We get all focused because if you turn on the TV, then you know that's all you see. And all the channels, they're just talking about this today. And the more I hear, it seems like to me, the more obviously confused maybe I get, or maybe the more uh, obviously overwhelmed that I get as I turn it on today. Don't be overwhelmed. Look to the Lord. Because he is king. And he will not come down from his rulership. He's the one that will rule forevermore today. And we have an opportunity, obviously in this time, I believe very, very much an opportunity to share with people where our hope comes from. Our faith comes and it comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. A politician cannot save you. A politician really can do nothing apart from God allowing it. And we need to put our trust in the Lord. But there was a time in Israel when the people of God lost sight of who they belonged to. Things were rough and they cried out to God for a king. The people refused to listen and continued to demand a king. And God in his infinite wisdom gave them what they wanted. And in the end, they learned that God was right. And they should have listened to him all along. I hope that we can learn from their era. That we don't worship politicians. We don't worship them because maybe they're going to give us a little bit more than the next person. We worship the Lord. Our dependency, our obviously uttermost dependency is upon our God. And we know that he supplies all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. We know that he is the one who takes care of us. My faith is not in the government or any person in that government or who gets in that government. But my faith is in Christ and him alone. At this point in history, Israel was facing turbulent times. And I want to look at several things this morning. I believe that they're definitely relevant for this time. I don't want to remember that as we approach November or maybe any other uh, voting time, we, we want to look to the Lord and we want to ask for divine wisdom to direct us and how to pull that lever, so to speak, for the person that God would want to put in that place. I've heard a lot of people today is that we don't, we don't want to make this into a, a God-run thing. And we don't want necessarily Christians in office. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, yes we do. We want Christians in here, in this, in this uh, office, in these offices that we know are coming forth for, uh, for a vote here in November. We want people who are godly who have biblical principles. We want people today because they will make laws today that will, again, will directly affect you and I for many, many times. Obviously, the Supreme Court justice is a possibility that the next president will possibly put in as many as four Supreme Court justices into place today. And we know today that many times they don't interpret the law like they should, that they actually try to enact a law or make a law, and that is not their responsibility. This whole thing is out of kilter, and I'll tell you why it's out of kilter. It's because we have abandoned our God, just like the people of Israel did during this time. They've walked away from the foundation, and they began to worship other gods according to the the word of God, what it just read just then, that they began to worship everybody except for the one true God. And that's what's happened in this country today. We worship pleasure. We worship all these other things today. And we don't worship our God. And God said, okay, 
You want a king? You want a politician put in that office to rule over you and to have domain over you? Then I'll give it to you. And that's what people today are obviously saying. You know, you've seen it in particular political rallies. You've seen people swooning, people worshiping there, almost at the feet of politicians today. We're not to worship at the feet of politicians. We're to worship at the feet of Jesus. And I want to tell you, the intense frustration was among those who cried out for a king when we see it there in verse 1. And at this time, Samuel was getting older. He could no longer perform his duties, so he puts his sons into office, and they were corrupt there. And that sounds like what a lot of times we see today in politicians. They're corrupt today. They don't do it. It sounds completely like what we see happening on a regular basis and people having money stashed in their freezer and having all these other things we see. And let me tell you today, there is no justice in that. But one day they'll stand before the judge and they will be judged. And so don't think that people get away with these things. We don't get away with these things. One day we will be judged according to these things. If you're a believer, not for your salvation, but certainly for the works that we have done, that we are judged by these things. And so you and I need to walk with the Lord and walk in the Spirit day by day today. We see a lot of times these things happening and wonder, what doesn't anybody know? And it doesn't seem like anybody pays attention. There is one who's paying attention. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will have the last word, the last say in this. Because of their corruption during this time, the elders of Israel confronted Samuel. And they said, your sons are not like you. They're not following you, your Lord, your God here. They're doing all types of things. They're corruption here. And today there's a growing frustration among the American people. They're frustrated about the state of the economy, the attack on religious freedom, immigration, entitlements, taxes, health care, national security. And like the people of Israel, there's an intense frustration with the corrupt leadership in our nation today, local, state, and federal. There's nothing wrong with voicing our frustration. We should have a desire to make a difference here, but we've got to maintain our proper focus here. We've got to remember that this is only a temporary place. We're just passing through. This is not our home. And we're going to see, I believe in the last of the last days, if you call it that, is that we're going to see more of this today, people straying away. People will obviously say they believe in this, they believe in that, and yet it's not scriptural today. And I've talked about that over the years as I've seen that more and more people's lives today. They don't believe the Word of God. They believe it's an old, old archaic book that is sitting on the coffee table, is drawing dust. And yet we know the Word of God is for today. It lasts forever. The Word of God, the Word of God here written for them into our hearts today. God is saying today that these things will last forever. These politicians, they're real temporary. We know we've seen it in the past. People wanted to come in, whether it be a dictatorship or any other type of, of ill-fated type of government, is that they're dead and they're still in the ground. And we know we serve the risen God. One day we'll be with him forever and ever. This is temporary, and we've got to keep our focus here. The second thing is the improper focus on those who cry out for a king. As we looked at that, God said they're not rejected Samuel, they rejected me. And you see people today in this nation have rejected God Almighty. Let me tell you, what I hear and y'all hear, it is obviously very, very uh, alarming in that sense when people are downright neglecting the Lord. They're neglecting the Lord when obviously when we see Planned Parenthood and all the shenanigans that they have and certainly the abortion industry today and killing babies in the womb. When we see these things happening today, 
They have abandoned God. They said we want our own God because we want to do exactly what we want to do. And we don't want to do what God says. And so God says, you're not, they're not rejecting you as a church. They're rejecting me. God Almighty is being rejected today and turned away in every aspect. Let's get this religion out of everything. The Constitution never said that. And yet today we see in this misinterpretation, or whatever it may be, is that we say, this is not what the founders intended. This country was based upon the foundational principles from the Word of God and religious freedom to come over here. There was a religious persecution there in England and Europe, and people came over here to be able to worship the one true God today. If you and I stand upon the principles in the Word of God, we'll be laughed at, we'll be mocked, we'll say, oh, you're old-fashioned, you need to go with the flow, because in essence, we are swimming upstream against the flow, against the tide that we see happening in this nation today. And after Samuel heard the request of the elders... He was not pleased here. He went to the Lord for direction and guidance. And God told him, Samuel, that Israel's problems were deeper than the fact that they had desired a king, that they were rejecting God Almighty. In fact, they had constantly abandoned the Lord and served other gods ever since they, he delivered them from Egypt. They had turned from him and worshiped other gods instead of returning to the Lord and trusting in him to take care of them. They thought that a king could take care of all their problems. How many people do you know today that believe a politician can take care of all your problems? It seems to me in their particular rallies, and what I hear them saying is, again, is the one that can give you the most is the one that I will vote for. When you do that, you sell your soul. You sell, sell somehow the foundational part of who you are down deep today. We used to have generations that said that they, were, they, they worked hard and they gave away and gave away and gave away. And today, it's all about give me, give me, give me. It's all about me, myself, and I. It's all about this self, 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 whatever it may, may be. And you can put self, dash, whatever you want to put on there. That's what we see today. And that's why we got in the mess that we've got today. Because one promised this and promised that to do this and that. We're not to look at a person because they can promise this. We're to look and see character. And God will show you character if we're asking as a church today, we've got to stand upon the word of God. That's a common problem among God's people today. Many think that a new president, president or a majority in Congress will answer all their problems. Not so. We have the precious opportunity to be involved in the political process here in America. Unfortunately, many have neglected that opportunity while countless others have compromised and chosen leaders who contradict the principles taught in the Word of God. You know what I hear? Well, I just, he makes, he or she makes me feel good. How many times have y'all heard that? They make me feel good. Well, let me tell you today, your feelings can change like the wind and mine can. But the word of God never changes. The truth never changes. But we'll feel one thing one day and we'll feel something the next day. The truth is there. And all we need to do is get into the word of God and get into prayer. Get down on our knees before Almighty God and ask Him for this divine wisdom. Because He's the only one that can give us wisdom. Men are operating out of human wisdom today. And it's gotten us in a whole lot of trouble. I want to tell you today. The principles in the word of God. Many Christians constantly complain about abortion and gay marriage, the legalization of drugs and prayer taken out of the school and many other hot-button social topics. 
But the sad fact is that many of these things happened because of people who were elected by an overwhelming majority of Christians here. And the Supreme Court justices who allowed these things to take place were appointed by presidents who were elected by, quote, Christian people. We put people in office today who are taking our rights away, who are obviously not following the word of God, who are not seeking the face of our God. And we see that on a regular basis. For decades, people have walked into voting booths and consciously voted for candidates who were directly opposed to everything Christians could stand for. They compromised because they thought it would benefit, quote, the economy, or because they thought that a specific candidate could create jobs or initiate tax reform. Some compromised because they didn't want to lose their Social Security check. I heard a Christian one time, and it wasn't too long ago, and I was standing there because their loved one was terminally ill. And they were talking about, well, yeah, we, we're praising Jesus and we love Jesus and all that. And something was said and coming down from the top about somehow they were going to lose their Social Security check if they didn't give up this freedom and this right and so forth. And these people were scared to death. We have nothing to fear, church. Let me tell you today, the government can't take anything away from me. My relationship with Jesus Christ is the most important relationship that there could ever be today. We're scared to death. They say, well, you know you're going to lose your Social Security. Well, you know that you, this is going to happen or that's going to happen. Let me tell you today, we are not to fear man. Because the fear of man, the Bible says, is a snare. And it'll keep you down. And you'll put somebody in office again that somehow promises you, I'm not going to mess with your Social Security or whatever it be, my paycheck or whatever. And we know those people are against Christ. They're antichrist. God spoke to me here several years ago and said there is an antichrist spirit all over this world today. We're seeing it very, it's rampant today. Let me tell you, you and I as a church, we need to stand upon the word of God. And when the going gets tough, we need to dig down deeper into the word of God. And we need to trust God with our whole being today. Do you trust God? Do you really believe that He is who He says He is? And the Bible says He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Do you believe that? That's what faith is called. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. God is saying today that you and I have got to stand firm today. We cannot put people continually in a public office that we know contradict the Word of God. We've seen that even in these latest primaries and caucuses. We've seen that today, people speaking. And I'm going, oh my goodness, where is this going to take us? We've got many issues that need to be addressed in this great country of ours, but our only hope is Jesus Christ. And I pray that instead of trusting the government to turn things around, the Christians would realize that we as a nation have turned from our God. And once we come to that realization... Let us return to Him. In fact, if you don't look to God for the help we need, trouble is on the way. Israel refused to take the proper steps. They demanded a king. They said, we don't care. The prophet was speaking. The prophet spoke completely for God at this particular time. I believe that today there are some that in that particular uh, prophecy, they're, they're saying things today that we could clearly be either in judgment today that God has lifted His hand partially off of us, or we could be moving towards that if we don't return to the Lord today. There has to be a day of reckoning. We cannot continue to pile up debt like what we see happening today in this country today and expect everything to be just peachy keen. It can't do it. It's a day of reckoning. Somebody's going to have to pay this debt today. We see happening today. 
because of the give me, give me, give me society today. Samuel returned to the elders of Israel and told them what would happen if they had a king. He told them, as we read here in the, in the word here. But then he says this. Worst of all they're told is that when this happens, then they'll cry out to the Lord for relief and deliverance. And in that day, the Lord would not hear them. You know, you ever had your prayers not answered? You're asking for something? I have. But I have many times um, prayed and prayed, and I said, something's not right. It's not necessarily that God was saying to wait, but actually God was saying, no, I don't want to give you that because I know that that's not good for you. But if you and I continue to go before God and ask and ask and plead and beg, many times I believe God will give you what you're asking for. And this is what happened here about the king. We've asked for a president. Change things. We don't like the way things are. We don't like the way things are going. We don't like this and that. And so give me this and give me that as far as a politician's concerned. And look where we are today. Everybody says this economy is just fine. No, it's not either. The number of people who are not even up trying are so great today because they haven't had an opportunity. No, it's not either. We're not obviously steamrolling ahead. Other countries do not respect. And you know why? It's because we haven't stood for our Lord and our God. There are more people being sent here today in this country as missionaries than we've ever seen before because this is a place where there's a need. This used to be the country where we would send missionaries out, and we still do. We still do, don't get me wrong. But there are more coming in this country today. There are many other countries today that are seeing this demise of this country and the reason is, is because we have, re- we have abandoned our God. Whenever a country abandons God, you know what happens. People who are power hungry, they will come in and they will take the place of our God today. They will come in and do that. And as I mentioned, obviously people say we don't want a theocracy. Oh, no, not necessarily, but we want somebody who believes in the Lord. And follows his word here. With all these things we're facing. The nuclear situation. Iran and what we see. South Korea. And them obviously taunting the world. And all the ISIS situation here. The many decisions regarding the economy. There will, there will be influence upon certain social issues here. Because they say, well, you don't want to get into the social issue, issues. We don't. That's what they say. Oh, you want to talk about the economy. You just want to talk about the, these, the economic situation. No, we talk about the social things too because it will directly affect what we do also. Throughout the Bible has warned us of the consequences of our choices. In Isaiah chapter 5, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. In Psalm 33, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And when we willfully choose leaders who contradict the word of God, there is a price to pay. 
the intentional disregard concerning those who cry out for a king. The people of Israel were clearly warned, but they didn't heed the warning here. We want a king. As Christians, we are blessed with the inerrant word of God. It should guide us in every area of our life, including selecting our leaders in Psalm 119. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It doesn't matter who I choose to support. The guidance that you need concerning your choice is found in the word of God. Many people say it's not, it doesn't make any difference. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It does. I was sitting up here at Kelly's on Wednesday afternoon. And I heard somebody talking, and I turned and looked at them, and they looked at me and said, who are you voting for? (laughs) And when I had heard them saying, they didn't want to hear who I may be leaning towards. So we began talking, and I said, well, you want everything the way it is? You want to put ungodly people? Then continue. So the husband got up, and he came over and started talking to me. And I introduced myself to him and he said, Jim, we need for the Lord to touch our hearts and give us wisdom. I said, yes, sir, we do. We need God to guide us. He said, I'm a Christian. I'm getting ready to go to church down the street here. And we need God to come back in this country again, don't we, Jim? I said, yes, sir, we do. I said, you read my mail, aren't you? That's what we need today. Proverbs 29, 11. Listen to this. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. And that's true. When righteousness there. Consider some of the statements we're hearing from many professing Christians. They say, I don't care about character as long as he or she can win. Oh, we're hearing that now. I don't care about morals as long as he or she can get us out of this recession. I don't care about values as long as he or she can improve the economy. I don't care about ethics as long as he or she can keep us safe. And they say, what difference does it make as long as they do a good job? This is the attitude today. And we see it's frightening. It's what's got us into the mess that we're in today. And what a person in leadership believes and does in his personal life greatly affects his decisions. And his decisions will have an impact upon this country called the United States of America here. Adrian Rogers wrote this, Suppose you were going to have an open heart surgery. Would you want the surgeon to come from the restroom and into the operating room without even washing his hands? Would you want him to hold your heart in his hands if they were not sanitary? I want the hands of those who hold the heart of this nation to be clean. Clean hands and a pure heart are necessary for godly leadership, and godly leadership is a prerequisite to blessing. God will again bless America if we return to Him, and we put men and women into office that have a a foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. I realize that there are some who are going to say, well, all of them are corrupt. And that's true. None of them are perfect here. They each one are mortal human beings here. But there are some who are blatant and unapologetic in their immorality here. And we need to look at their character here. And whatever it may be, we need to vote for them. People say, yeah, but they can't win. No, we need to vote for those that our conviction draws us to, regardless of whether or not they can win or not. Let me tell you that that, that is an important thing to remember. 
We need to pray. And I want to tell you today, right up front, whoever gets this, then I'm going to vote. I may not agree with them, but I'm going to vote. I'm not going to sit home. The church cannot continue to sit home. We have to participate. And then the Bible says to pray for those in authority. And we need to pray for them regardless today. We're not going to get everyone, but we need to vote our convictions there. Pray that God will lead us through this time, but also the impending troubles of those who cry out for the Lord. We know we saw that. They're troubles. What's happening is, is that leaders put us in bondage here because we know what happened. Saul was placed as king, and Saul had a lot of problems, but God gave the people what they had cried out for and said, we want no matter what you say today. And you and I need to seek the Lord and have a humble heart here. We know, obviously, Saul's reign was terrible here. They suffered without the Lord's help. He says, you cry out in that day because of your king, which you've chosen, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. The evil king was their choice. And God said, don't expect me to come to your aid when the king leads you into disaster here. When a sobering thought for America today, God requires character. He honors the choices of the people, but he, he wants character here. And obviously, in Hosea chapter 8, God says, They have set up kings, but not by me. They have made princes, and I knew it not. When we don't think God for the choices that we make there, we can't expect God to guide and protect us here. We see wicked rulers are God's reward for wicked people. As a result of the immoral actions of President Bill Clinton in the 1990s, the Southern Baptists adopted a resolution concerning, quote, moral character of public officials. Let me read it to you. It states, Whereas some journalists report that many Americans are willing to excuse or overlook immoral or illegal conduct by unrepentant public officials, so long as economic prosperity prevails and tolerance of serious wrong by our leaders sears the conscience of the culture, spawns unrestrained immorality and lawlessness in the society and surely results in God's judgment. Therefore, be it resolved that we, the messengers to the Southern Baptist Convention, meeting in June 9th through the 11th in Salt Lake City, Utah, affirm that moral character matters to God and should matter to all citizens, especially God's people. When choosing public leaders, and be it further resolved, that we implore our government leaders to live by the highest standards of morality, both in their private actions and in their public duties, and therefore serve as models of moral excellence and character. Be it finally resolved that we urge all Americans to embrace and act on the conviction that character does count in public office, and to elect those officials and candidates who, although imperfect, demonstrate consistency and honesty, moral purity, and the highest character. I want to tell you, we need to keep that particular attitude, those resolutions here. And I realize, like Israel, there's much frustration concerning the state of our country. We want to change here. But let us heed God's warning. May we look to his word to guide us through this election cycle. Let us select a leader that will honor God and stand for truth and liberty. If not, then we must be prepared to suffer the consequences. I will vote. 
And the person who is elected may not be the one that I completely choose there. But unless they're blatantly immoral politician, Republican or Democrat is sworn in there, it will not be because I cast a vote for them. You go to the polls there in November and make the conscious choice to vote for someone with no moral fiber. Don't cry out to God when things get worse than they already are. If you want, obviously, if you do, you may hear him tell you, don't cry to me. This is what you wanted. And when another war breaks out, when ISIS attacks here on our, sir, on our soil here, when riots break out, which we see, when unrest and turmoil abounds, when these things come to pass, the first thing people do is to cry out to God for help and how sad it will be when God doesn't hear our cry. This upcoming election will give us the opportunity to vote as representatives of Christ. We are as His ambassadors and let us uphold the truth. Let us trust in His word here. There's no need for us to cry out for a king. We already have one. His name is Jesus. In fact, he is a king of kings and a lord of lords. Our hope is found in him. The answer for America, the only answer is for us to rapidly turn back to him. I love America and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. But it's getting to the point where I don't even recognize my country anymore. For hundreds of years, God has truly blessed his great nation. And look how we've thanked him. God continues to bless us and we turn our backs on God here. And obviously, I believe America constantly spits in the face of God and then asks Him to bless us. He won't do it here. When we don't stand on the Word of God, every disaster that comes, anywhere we face a calamity, when we endure hurricanes, tornadoes, droughts here, or whatever it may be, what did He tell Israel? You'll cry to me, and I'll not answer you. If God would do this to Israel, America's not exempt here. But I'm glad to know that no matter what happens, that God is still on his throne. God is still with us here. And you know, there's a time when Pilate asked the Jews, shall I crucify your king? And they replied, we have no king but Caesar. Whatever this election cycle brings, we as Christians can boldly say, we have no king except Jesus Christ. Amen. We have no other king. We have no need to cry out for a king. We have no need to look to somebody to try to supply every need from the cradle to the grave. We have no other need because we have the king. His name is Jesus. Things in our country are bad, seem to be getting worse. There needs to be a change and everybody wants change. But I'm afraid of the change that we get will not be the change that we need. Again, I say our hope is not going to be found in a Democrat or Republican or an Independent a conservative or a liberal. Our only hope is Jesus Christ. We've got to look to God for direction. In fact, he's already given us proper guidance in his word. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. That is a solution. If my people, the church, who hears God and knows God, will turn, will humble themselves and pray. We're in a season where I believe today as the church gathers to pray that the power of God will be released and these politicians, the ones that are not supposed to be there, will fall by the wayside and those who are supposed to rise up will be in their rightful places of authority and submission. I believe that today. Why? It's because the Word of God says it. 
The word of God tells us plainly, doesn't it? In my people, my people, he's talking about you and me. He's talking about the church. Will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. He tells us what to do, but we've got to do our part. I am encouraged. I see things happening all over the world today. Talked to a man yesterday. He's Indian. He's a friend of mine. And he goes all over the world. He goes in India. People are coming to the Lord in India. People are coming to the Lord in, in Germany, Berlin. A completely godless society over there in Europe. The churches are just about closed down. There's nobody going to church anymore. And yet, we see he's going over there. They're planting a church, and the church is growing. There's a movement today. There are people today. God says he always has a remnant. He has you and I, and we are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, he is calling the church not to compromise. And I'm talking about in your voting, in your life, in your workplace, in your families, and in your church. He's calling you and I to a higher standard. And any time he sets the bar high, we know Jesus always gives us the power to be able to obtain that because we can't do it on our own. We say, Lord, I can't do this. It doesn't even look like when we read the word of God, my goodness, we're overwhelmed because we're going, I can't do it. No, you can't. But he can in and through you because it's not your life you're living. It's not in the flesh. It's he who lives within you. It's Christ, the spirit of Christ in you and me. You're saying, well, how do I know who to vote for? Ask him. I believe if you're sincere and you'll follow the Spirit, I believe the Spirit still speaks today. The Bible says a still small voice, that small whisper, that through the Word of God, you're getting into the Word of God, and the Word of God, the words jump off the page and go, that's for me. I've read that a million times, but the first time he's spoken to me. He'll speak to you because God is still speaking today. He will not in any way contradict his Word, but let me tell you, he'll guide you. Jerry taught on it in Sunday school. Didn't you, Jerry? You did. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's either the word of God or it isn't. I believe it's the word of God and I believe he'll direct you. So ask him, give me divine wisdom in this election cycle. I want to vote for who you want me to vote for. Lord, please put the person in that place that you desire today. And dear God, I know ultimately it is not them that will turn it around. It is Jesus and my relationship with Jesus. Because your relationship with Jesus and my relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in this whole wide world. I believe God's doing it. Do you? You believe it? I believe it. I believe people are going to come to the Lord. I believe in this time there's a great harvest that's taking place. I believe today those who have family members and they don't know the Lord, that they're going to come into the kingdom of God. I can't think any other ways because I want to tell you today, you know, it's a lot easier to say, well, oh, poor me. This can't ever happen. And yet we serve a God who says all things are possible with me. Everything is possible. Everything. If we'll just believe. If we'll just believe. That's the word of God, isn't it? That's what he says. If you'll just believe. And I believe. And I believe you all do also. Let's pray together. Father, your word's powerful. But it's not given just so we can go through a sermon. Your word is given to to somehow motivate us to take action. 
to move our hearts, dear God, to pierce us. And dear Lord, make us make changes under the power of your spirit. We're asking today, Lord, that you would give us divine wisdom. We ask you to bring renewal in this church, O God, in every life that's here. And those who are not here with us today, touch us, O God. We're in desperate need. We don't want a king. We already have our king. His name is Jesus. But dear God, today we ask you in our fulfillment of what we are to do as far as the government, as far as our participation in this culture. We pray that we would be obedient. And yet, Lord, in the midst of that, that you would direct our paths. We pray that be anybody here today who's never received Jesus Christ into their life, the day may be the day. The Bible says in Romans that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody's a sinner. And dear Lord, maybe today was the day the Spirit of the Lord touched and revealed that they're sinners in need of forgiveness. The day may be that day. If it is, then I encourage you, open your heart and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life and save me. Be my Lord and Savior. I need you. Forgive me of my many sins. I believe you're the only way to heaven. There's no other way to heaven. All these other religions are false religions. Only those who are believers in Christ. He's the only way. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. And no man comes to the Father except through me. I pray today that be so. If anybody here, if there be anybody here, just said, Lord, I want renewal in my life. I'm asking you for renewal. Remember what we said much of what happens in the kingdom of God comes by asking. He says, you have not because you ask not. I want renewal. I need you desperately. Today may be the day. Maybe it'd be everybody here. I do. I need, I'm praying that, Lord. I need renewal. I need to come back, get back to the basics. Foundation, prayer. Seeking you and your word, oh God. Bring us back, Holy Spirit. We ask you to do that. You're welcome here. And thank you for your presence. We honor you. We honor you, Jesus. Because there is no other. And dear God, we ask you to work in our hearts so deeply that we would be able to say from the depths of our being, Oh God, you are our portion. You are our portion, oh Lord. And dear Lord, there will be no other. And dear Lord, today we just ask you, if there are any other gods in our lives, idols, things that have come in and usurped your rightful position to the throne of our hearts, we ask you to remove them right now, Lord. Tear down strongholds in the name of Jesus and take those things away that have distracted us from really our purpose in life and that is to serve you, to love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love our neighbors, ourselves. Anything that distracts us, we ask you to remove it, Holy Spirit, this day. We ask you for a greater anointing upon the ministry here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We ask that you would strengthen our inner men with all power down in our innermost being. Strengthen us, oh God. We ask you, you do that. We're asking today, though. We're asking you. Bless us. Use us for your glory. And dear Lord, we live in such a time. We pray today for opportunities to share the good news, the gospel with other people around us, our neighbors, our friends those we work with, whatever it may be, dear God. We just want to be available. Here we are. We're your servants. We ask you to speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.